now through the neutral zone. Comes Connor McDavid. Double team. Got it back. Wrist shot. Score. What a beautiful move. Deep backhand. Went back to the forehand. And welcome back, Connor. His sixth goal of the season is a work of art. Riley, he's going to keep it. He hits the five. Hey, Edmonton, that's your quarterback. Mike Riley to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimo. Ladies and gentlemen, Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Can the Oilers withstand a shark attack tonight? A team that has been on fire since mid-January and plus... Sharks have a score to settle with the Oilers' Darnell Nurse. Will they try to settle it tonight, or will they stick to hockey? We will talk about that. We have a one-hour edition of Inside Sports until 7, and then we will phase into the City Ford Face-Off show, the game coming up at 8.30 right here on 6.30. Chad Patrick Maroon back from his illness, but Ryan Nugent Hopkins... Head coach Todd McClellan calls it a minor concussion for RNH, and uh, we may not see number 93 again this season. Plus, the Edmonton Oil Kings. Yeah, they have stayed alive, and now a best-of-seven series against the Brandon Wheat Kings starts tonight. In fact, starts in about half an hour. We'll have Oil Kings general manager Randy Hanch on the show for you in just a few minutes. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins. This is Inside Sports on 630. Ched. Want to start it off tonight by taking a look at the National Hockey League scoreboard. The Devils lead the Penguins 2-0 early in the second period. No score, Hurricanes and Blue Jackets. They're also early in the second frame. No score, Montreal in Detroit late in the first. The Toronto Maple Leafs just two points behind the Oilers now. Lead Anaheim 2-1. That is late in the first period. And it is career game number 1,000. Number 1,000 tonight for former Edmonton Oiler Sean Horkoff, now with the Anaheim Ducks. Congratulations to him. The Canucks will visit the Predators. Panthers and Bruins, no score after one. Flames will be in Minnesota. The Kings take on the Jets. Dallas at Arizona. Philadelphia plays Colorado. And the Edmonton Oilers, of course, meet the San Jose Sharks. All right. The curling is one to watch tonight as well. Man, a lot of big games. Canada's going to play Scotland tonight at the Worlds. The winner gets into the playoffs. The loser will be out. And Chelsea Carey with a disastrous game this afternoon, losing 11-2 to Japan. Yes, 11-2 to Japan. Another hockey note, Austin Matthews, likely to be the first player taken in the NHL entry draft in June in Buffalo, has become the first player named to the American roster for the World Hockey Championship in Russia. That starts May 6th. Of course, Matthews played in Switzerland this past season. Season's already done. 24 goals, 46 points in 36 games. Oh, you can always reach us by calling 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630-630. So, a little bit on the Oilers here. First of all, Patrick Maroon, back from the illness. Just trying to play normally, but got to keep your short shifts. Uh, try not to overextend your shifts. Keep them really short. Play really simple, and hopefully my energy level's upbeat, and you know, try not to think about it as much as possible. Just try to go out there and just play my game. All right. Now, a lot of eyes will be on the Darnell Nurse situation. You remember what happened on March 8th? 
Uh, Roman Polak with that sort of awkward collision with Matt Hendricks. Hendricks goes crashing into the boards, gets a penalty. He comes out of the penalty box. He's near the Sharks bench. Nurse goes after him, breaks his nose, bloodies him, gets a three-game suspension. Now, the Sharks have called up Michael Haley from their farm team, which is in San Jose, the San Jose Barracuda. Look, Michael Haley is not much of a hockey player when it comes to many of the skills that we appreciate. Uh, but he's not afraid to fight. So the questions are, what's going to happen tonight? Will there be a little retribution? Darnell Nurse did well to hold the zone initially, and now he's going to start pummeling Roman Polak for that hit on Hendricks and land a couple of chopping right hands, and now an inside uppercut flattens Roman Polak. And the Sharks are saying two minutes for instigation. Yeah, is he the moment thing? I think that's, uh, you know, obviously you don't want to, ever see guys hurt or things like that and probably cross the line, but it's over now. Um, we'll see. He said you guys are worried about what's going to happen tonight, but we'll see. Um, like I said, both teams are looking for wins, so looking forward to just going out there and playing. Do you expect them to, to come after you at all tonight after something like that happens? Uh, you know, I know how I would feel after something like that, so you know, I expect anything. That's uh, the way I look at it. And, uh, like I said, it's a, there's a game to be played, and uh, I think everyone in this room and I'm sure everyone in their room is looking forward to just going out there and trying to get the win. Look, we had a 20-year-old that, that felt he needed to stand up for a teammate. Um, you know, his perception or, or read on a, on a play was wrong, and he, he crossed the line, he stood up, he served his suspension, and, uh, and that's where we're at, and we've come to play hockey. Um, you know, I think the ball's in their court. Um, they have playoffs coming, and and um, they get to dictate how the game goes. So uh, we're going to come out and we're going to play hockey and see what happens. All right, so I know there are some of you who probably aren't going to like the fact that McClellan said that, the fact that it doesn't look like they're going to dress Luke Gazdick tonight. So I guess the question is, do you think the Oilers have enough guys in the lineup who can respond if, if something happens or gets out of hand? Because it doesn't look like the Oilers, and why would they, are going to initiate it or go looking for it. So then you look to Nurse, you look to Cassie, and you look to Hendricks, and I guess to another extent Patrick Maroon, who has fought eight times this season, um, to be able to stand up to anything the Sharks might throw at them. And I say might throw at them because this is an important game for the San Jose Sharks. They want to forget about not being officially in the playoffs and nail it down. Of course, you know Matt Hendricks will be ready if something needs to happen. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, something's going to be said or something, you know, may happen, may not happen, but uh, do I expect a lot of retribution? Probably not, no. They're in a they're in a tight race. They want to get top spot. They want to get home ice advantage in the playoffs, and they need to continue to put points in the bank. So I don't think that that's going to be an importance for them tonight. I think they're going to focus more on the on the game at hand and, and trying to get two points out of, out of us. All right, and of course, a whole bunch more on this when we get into the City Ford Faceoff show after 7. The Oil Kings are ready to get into the playoffs. Their general manager, Randy Hanch, joins us when we get back. Inside Sports on 6.30 Chet. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 6.30 Chet. Suspension in the NHL today. Jared Bowl for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Four-game suspension for interference against Philadelphia. He drilled Pierre-Edward Belmare, so he'll sit out for four. The Blue Jays' spring training loss this afternoon, 6-4 
to the Detroit Tigers. R.A. Dickey was on the hill, didn't do great. Five innings pitched, and he gives up four runs. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630. Ched, we'll uh, give you a San Jose perspective. Uh, Kevin Kurz is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. He covers the San Jose Sharks, the face-off show. Bob Stoffer is going to be on that. We'll start at 7.05. Late one tonight against the Sharks, an 8.30 face-off. Coming up in about, uh, what are they away? About 15 minutes away from face-off in Brandon, the Edmonton Oil Kings opening up their first-round series against the Wheat Kings. The Oil Kings survived the Medicine Hat Tigers in a tiebreaker game two nights ago. The GM of the Oil Kings is Randy Hanch. Randy, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Reed? Doing great. Very happy to see your result in Medicine Hat the other night. Man, I've never been so tense refreshing the internet every couple of minutes to uh, <laughs> to, to, to see a score. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I mean, look, when you're, when you're a GM and they drop the puck, you're a little helpless. What was that game like for you as a spectator? Uh, you know, probably similar to you, just uh, the, the tense part, but without the internet. Um, overall, though, it was... We're, you know, quite pleased and uh, proud of our group. Uh, you know, the, the, they were prepped very well. Uh, Hammy, Marshy, and the staff uh, had the guys ready to go. And uh, there was something just we felt like there was some unfinished, unfinished uh, business in our end uh, to do there. And uh, just obviously for, you know, how the hat played us all year. You know, they were 6-0, and and we obviously felt there was a couple of those games that could have went our way and uh, didn't. And we just, you know, had a workman uh, uh, like uh, – attitude and and uh, everybody was prepared and ready to go and, and then you talk about uh, mixed emotions during the games and the peaks and valleys you know we're, we're down two nothing early and then we battle back and you know uh, Luke Bertolucci scores two crucial goals you know to get us going especially the shorthanded one just to really get us back in it and then uh, Brett Pollock scores one uh, late in the period to uh, get us up 3-2 and and then you know what we kind of went back and forth in the second and then uh, like I said, Andrew Kep gets an early one uh, in the fourth, and it's 4-2, but you had that feeling that it wasn't enough. And, uh, you know, to the half credit, they battled back and tied it up. But it was great to see our guys stay with, uh, you know, the plan. And, and then Dario scored one late in the power play or, or partway through there. And then we hung on with that penalty kill. So uh, Peyton made some key timely saves in the net and uh, preserved the victory. I mean, Randy, you you mentioned obviously the, the, the drought against the Tigers this season. Down the stretch, I, I mean, you, you had a lead and they and they cut up. I think you only won two of your final final eight or nine. Um, how? I mean, obviously that's. I'm sure it was concerning. How concerning was that for you going down the stretch and, and into the the one game playoff? Well, Steve and myself, we talked along with Ryan about uh, you know our schedule at the end, and we knew it, it, there was some trouble. Uh, tough opponents and draws we had. Uh, you know, we, we won a big game in the left bridge, which we were pleased with. And, uh, you know, give Kootenai credit, they, you know, got the best of us on a Tuesday night game there, which uh, really hurt. And, but we felt overall, you know, there was, we, it was time for us to, to, to you know, to get, uh, you know, going with Madison Hat. And, you know, I should give the coaches a lot of credit and the players. They regrouped. Uh, you know, we had the Saturday was the day off. We had our banquet, uh, but at least it was good still a team event and had a good practice Monday. And uh, we just had that feeling on Tuesday. Like I said, it uh, probably with it being the hand and then you know beating the six nothing. There was extra incentive for our, for our crew, and uh, they were certainly focused and motivated. And and uh, I think that was a big part of it. Oil Kings general manager Randy Hanch joining us inside sports on 6:30. Chad, Oil Kings ready to go in Brandon for game one of their series. 
you got, uh, I think it's four or five guys who, uh, I'm sure you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but who won the uh, the 2014 championship, the, the league and, and the Memorial Cup. What has their presence meant to this team? Well, I think they, you know, had solid games there. Uh, you know, obviously the Tuesday night, that uh, leadership and that experience they went through. And uh, that's the thing, like we, you know, we talked even today, um, uh, Steve and myself, that, you know, going through that tiebreaker, like that's going through like a you know, game seven, seven death, uh, uh final. And uh, just, you know, to have our group go through that experience. And, you know, there were some young young guys going through it. But, you know, the veteran side, you know, with Aaron Irving, you know, played some hard, heavy minutes, was solid on the back end, nice and male. Uh, you, know, you got Brett Pock, you got uh, Brandon Back, you know, those guys were, were, were key parts in the game on uh, Tuesday. You know, they, they really led the way and, we were fortunate that uh, they, you know, leaned on the experience they had, you know, from the previous years, and, and it shows. And that's just that's how it's kind of like a bit of a trickle down effect, Reed, where you you strive to get in the playoffs, you get in the playoffs, and times they go your ways, times it doesn't, but you still you, the players learn valuable lessons, and uh, we were fortunate enough to, to lean on those guys, and they responded in a big way. Your goaltending situation, I know it's it's been a little bit in flux, and you've had some bad luck there, uh, Alec Dillon, who. Who uh, you, you acquired about ten months ago? I guess uh, unfortunately you ran into some difficulty, and then Patrick Day goes down. I mean, I mean, look, I know, I know, Peyton Lee was here to to play if you needed him, and and you, and you certainly did need him. But it's it's been a bit of a hard luck position for you guys. Well, it has. I guess I think if you would have said at the start of the year, we were probably going to lose two guys that were, you know, uh, projecting to to be both our starters and challenge each other. Uh, you know, I would have said, geez, I, I hope not. And, you know, Alex's situation, he got in and, uh, you know, he had the unfortunate injury with uh, his hips there and that kind of knocked him out for the rest of the year. And then, you know, Patrick took over and took some took some great strides in his game. And then, unfortunately for him, he, you know, gets uh, injured there. So, uh, you know, we were lucky and able enough to acquire you know, Peyton when we did. And, you know, just with his experience, and I think a fresh start with him certainly helped uh, his game. And, uh, once he got settled here, I think he kind of got a bit of a groove. And down the stretch, once big games, I think came a left bridge for us, uh, was huge. Uh, he played a big factor in it, and uh, he was great down you know, down the left bridge for that game. And then the other night in Messinat, made some key key timely saves that we needed. And uh, I think that's when his experience just as a goaltender. But it's a fresh start for him too, and uh, you know we're fortunate that uh, we have him because he came in to kind of help secure and, you know, challenge Patty and, and uh, push him a bit and then it ended up being that uh, he's taken over. All right. And finally, i got to ask you for the scouting report on Brandon. You know, it, it's it's funny, a little bit of the opposite of Medicine Hat. You couldn't beat them in the regular season and beat them in the playoffs. Despite Brandon having a great record this season, you guys beat them uh, three out of four. I know the slate is wiped white clean. So what do you expect from them and from this series? Well, they're, they're obviously playing very well right now and, uh, we got to be ready to go. Uh, I think that they're going to come at you hard. They got a lot of a lot of players in their lineup that can score. You know, I think it's important to stay out of the box, and uh, we just got to compete with them five and five, and uh, you know, uh, concentrate on our special teams. All right, Randy. Well, again, congratulations for making it to this point, and all the best as you move into this series with the Wheat Kings. I'll probably see you around the rink next week when you're back in town. Appreciate it. Sounds good, Rick. Thank you.
All right, Randy Hanch, general manager of the Oil Kings. And, yeah, they will start in a few minutes against Brandon. We'll keep you updated on the game all night long right here on 630. Chet, of course, you can tweet us at 630 or text us at 630-630. You can tweet me at Reed Wilkins. Email inside sports at 630-ched.com. The open line 780-496-0063. Hey, we have some breaking news from the National Hockey League. How about this? The Vancouver Canucks have scored a goal. They have scored a goal. First one in 234 minutes and 52 seconds after being shut out by the Oilers, Blues, and Jets. The Canucks get on the board tonight against the Nashville Predators. Bo Horvat with his 12th of the season, and the Canucks lead that game 1-0. Man, uh, you look at these teams at the bottom, the Leafs, the Oilers, the Canucks, the Jets, the Flames, Columbus. Uh, I mean, I know they've all had little brief spurts of looking okay at times this month but those are some clubs that are uh, absolutely limping to the finish line and if you missed it earlier not helping the Oilers I don't know if Ryan Nugent Hopkins is going to play again this season suffered a minor concussion and Todd McClellan sounded far from committed to bringing him back this season a little bit more on this game we'll see uh, what the San Jose attitude is facing Darnell Nurse for the first time since the incident with Roman Polak We'll also tell you a little bit about how throwing a moose leg on the ice at a hockey game can cause a brawl. Yes, you heard that correctly. That's all coming up between 6.30 and 7. Reed Wilkins with you. News and weather coming up inside sports on 6.30. Chad, be back after that. news and expert opinion inside sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. How you doing tonight? 634 inside sports on 630 Chad. We'll bring you a full scoreboard update in a few minutes. Oilers and Sharks coming up. What are we still two hours away from face-off? The City Ford face-off show We'll start in half an hour. Will there be fireworks in this game? Will they stick to hockey as Oilers head coach Todd McClellan has promised the Oilers will attempt to do? Well, maybe we'll get some of those answers from Kevin Kurz, who is uh, covering the San Jose Sharks for CSNBayArea.com. Kevin, my name is Reed. Welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Thanks, Reed. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for making time for us tonight. Uh, uh, interesting matchup, and I guess a little bit of extra hype around what... Uh, usually there would be between a playoff-bound team and one that is uh, well out of it. Look, what can you tell us about uh, Michael Haley, first of all? <laughs> well, you know, the last time we saw Michael Haley was when the Sharks played the Vancouver Canucks, and I think they brought him up at that point, um, you know, because Vancouver has some guys uh, that like to get a little physical. And, um, you know, Haley's a simple, pretty simple player. It, it's He's a little. It's a little bit of a strange situation with him because down in the AHL, he actually does score, and the team, the Barracuda, relies on him to put up points. And he's, uh, you know, he's had his fair share of goals and assists down in the AHL. But when he comes up here, he's a fourth line guy. Um, he's not afraid to drop the gloves. He'll finish his hits. And you know, I, I don't imagine we'll see him for more than uh, you know five, six, or seven minutes tops. 
uh, unless the game swings one way or the other. But, um, you know, I, I think uh, I think the reason they recalled him is, is pretty obvious, even if no one on the Sharks side wanted to admit it this morning. Okay, so... Uh, I mean, what what do you what do you expect? An early challenge, get it out of the way, uh, you know, directly with Nurse, or does he go after a, a Hendricks or or a Maroon? How do you see this playing out? Yeah, I don't think that's the case. I think uh, I don't think he would be afraid to to fight Darnell Nurse if that's what he came down to. If it was something early and they did get it out of the way, um, I know he's given up probably five inches or so since the Nurse, but. Um, yeah, it, it, it's hard to predict in this case. In, in this case, uh, I, you know, if you look at the Sharks just recently, um, they've done very well against teams that are in playoff position, teams that uh, are in the top three in their respective divisions, and they've struggled a little bit, I think, to get up for some of the lesser teams that are out of it, like Vancouver, like Arizona, um, and maybe even like Edmonton um, tonight. So. You know, maybe they bring up Haley. Maybe he gets something going. Tries to, you know, it, it uh, you know, wakes up the team. You know, it gives a little jump start to the bench, uh, and they go from there. Um, but uh, you know, is something going to happen? Who knows? <laughs> it's, uh, it's. Uh, but you know, the fact that they did call up Haley after the team has been playing well uh, and has been able to roll four lines lately, assuming he is in there, and I think he is going to be in for Dinah Subris. Um, you know, I think the uh, I think the chances are pretty good that he's at least going to try to send a message or or uh, you know challenge Nurse in some way. What was g- give me a little bit of the reaction in in the San Jose market? Uh, you know, after that Nurse play on on Polak from a couple of weeks ago, and you know, and then Nurse got suspended and, and, and all that. What were what were the what were the fans and and what what did you hear maybe the organization saying and thinking about it beyond saying sort of the right thing publicly? Yeah, well, I mean, I was there at that game in Edmonton right afterwards uh, in the dressing room. Logan Couture came out said right away, uh, you know, that doesn't belong in the game. I think he's going to get suspended. I'm sure he'll get suspended was the phrase that Logan used. Uh, you know, they weren't happy about it. Joe Pavelski, the Sharks captain, said in that sort of situation, you'd like to see the guy get challenged a little bit better rather than just uh, start wailing away before a guy can even drop his gloves. So in the dressing room, they weren't happy, and I think they were satisfied that there was a three-game suspension there. Um, but, you know, this team, we, we brought it up yesterday. Roman Polak doesn't seem too concerned about it. He says, you know, if something happens, happens. It will be slighted in the game. He's not going out there to try to fight Darnell Nurse or anything like that. Uh, this is a team that still wants to win the Pacific Division. They're still in range of the Los Angeles Kings, five points out, just one point behind Anaheim for second place. So, um, you know, I don't think that's going to be something that's on the top of their minds going into this one, except except for maybe one player in Michael Haley. But other than that, I think the guys uh, in the room are uh, are focused on, you know, winning after they lost the game against St. Louis. That, that's been obvious, that's obviously a big priority with teams that consider themselves contending clubs is don't lose two games in a row. This team is coming off a loss to St. Louis, and, uh, you know, they don't want to start a losing streak here uh, as, as the season winds down. The San Jose Sharks have gone twenty-three, eight, and four since January 9th. They they were five hundred on that day, and as, and as we know, five hundred in the NHL doesn't doesn't mean much anymore. What triggered this extended streak here, Kevin? Well, there was a game on January second, I believe it was against Winnipeg, and it was the worst game of the season. They were flat. They just had no emotion, and you know, after that one, as someone who covers this team every day, you're like. Well, boy, this team doesn't look too good. They just—they just look like they're maybe running into the same problems they 
uh, had in the past. Maybe they're too old. Um, whatever it was, they just didn't look like they were going to contend. And, um, you know, I think something must have happened between that game and the next game. They actually had a five-day break after that Winnipeg game. They came back on January 7th against the Red Wings. They lost that game, but they were happy with how they performed. Then two nights later, they uh, they whipped the Maple Leafs pretty good. Um, so, you know, that was kind of the start of it. Um, and, and, you know, they did make some line changes. Thomas Hurdle, uh, Pete DeBoer had him at center for a long time with some up-and-down results. Uh, I don't think Hurdle was ready for that spot full-time. They put him up on Joe Thornton's wing, and that's really been the line that's been driving bust for the Sharks is that Joe Thornton-Hurdle. Joe Pavelski line, and especially Joe Thornton. Uh, you know, you really can't say enough about the year this guy's having. Uh, Sharks have 28, and the Sharks' last 28 wins, Joe Thornton has at least one point. So I think that right there says how important he's been to this club uh, over the second half here. Let me ask you this. You brought up Thornton. Who's the team MVP this year? Is it Thornton or Burns? I think it's Joe Thornton. Uh, you know, Brent Burns has been great, um, but you know, first half, I think he was still adjusting defensively. Uh, and, and he's still a guy that he does put up all these points. He's great on the power play. Um, he's great at generating shots. But in terms of being a defensive defenseman, he's probably the fourth fourth or fifth best defensive defenseman on his own team. So um, I would tend to go Joe Thornton. Um, you know, and Mark Edward Vlasic is a guy that gets, gets overlooked pretty often. It's a guy that's already been named to Canada's World Cup team was on the Canadian team that won the gold in Sochi. Um, he's their best defensive defenseman now. They've done all right without him. They've been without him here for the last three games, um, so that's a good sign. But he's definitely a guy that they rely on and they're going to need here, uh, healthy and playing well in the playoffs because he's so important to this team on the defensive end, just going up against the opposition's top lines night after night. Uh, I mean, looking ahead to the playoffs and whether or not they do it tonight, I mean, San Jose is going is to be in the playoffs are they, um, I mean, I've, I've, of course they would like to get first in the division if you can because that means home ice, but is, is there a, a most favorable matchup, you think, for them, whether it's one of the other California teams or whether they wind up in a possible wild card against, you know, say Nashville? Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, that's hard to say. I, I think if in a perfect world they'd love to avoid either Los Angeles or Anaheim. Um, you know, who knows what kind of psychological demons they still have when it comes to the Los Angeles Kings after blowing that 3 nothing first-round lead. Um, so I think the Kings would probably be the least preferable matchup for this team. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know that they're, they're overly concerned with that. I think this, this is an older team. There are so many guys in this team that are in their mid-30s that they rely on. Uh, you know, Joe Thornton, Patrick Marlowe is 36, Thornton's 36. Joel Ward and Paul Martin are both 35. Uh, Burns and Joe Pavelski are both over 30. So, um, you know, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world if this team got locked into like a second or third position and they got a chance to rest some of these guys down the stretch, rest some of these guys towards the end of the season, um, and go in maybe a little bit more fresh in the playoffs and, and not really worry too much about matchups. But for now, they are still talking about wanting to make a push for that division. They play the Kings on Monday here. It'll be the final game of that six-game homestand. So maybe we'll know a lot more about. Um, who they could potentially face after that game's over? Right. Well, Kevin, uh, I, I know you're experiencing. I know you're experienced covering hockey. I don't know if you're experienced covering boxing. You might get to do both tonight. Thanks for your time. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Thanks, guys. Take care. <laughs>
Right on. That is Kevin Kurz checking in from CSN and or CSN Bay Area dot com Inside Sports on six thirty. Ched faceoff coming up after uh, eight thirty tonight. We have the faceoff show coming up at seven oh five. Scoreboard update, and I'll tell you what's uh, going on with that moose leg situation when we get back. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Ryan Nugent Hopkins not going to play tonight. Looks like Adam Cracknell will be in the lineup. Maroon back in as well. Anton Lander coming out. Talbot in net. Oilers and Sharks at 830. Well, the Vancouver Canucks just going wild with the scoring now after being shut out three straight games. They have two in the first period against the Nashville Predators. It is 2-0. Minnesota all over Calgary in the first period, up 3-1. Zach Parisi, all three goals. Hat trick. He has 22 on the season. Goudreau with his 28th for the Flames. Detroit leading Montreal 1-0 early in the second period. It is Columbus on home ice, up 1-0 on the Carolina Hurricanes. About two and a half minutes left in the second period there. Boston on home ice, leading the Florida Panthers 1-0. Seven minutes left in the second period. Your scoreboard presented by Crystal Glass for all your glass needs. Call 310-GLASS today. New Jersey leading Pittsburgh 2-0. That is after two. Palmieri, both goals for the Devils. He has 29 on the season. Kings and Jets scoreless late in the first. Still to come besides Edmonton and San Jose. Dallas takes on Arizona, and the Flyers will meet the Avalanche. Some other news today. Former Heisman Trophy winner Robert Griffin III has found a new team. After meeting over the weekend, the Cleveland Browns announced that they have inked high-profile free agent quarterback Robert Griffin III, a former Heisman Trophy winner who the team nearly traded up to draft four seasons ago. Griffin comes to the Browns after being released about a month ago from Washington. In his career with the Redskins, Griffin had started 35 games, throwing 40 touchdowns and 23 interceptions. He's also rushed for eight touchdowns in his career. The Browns still may pick a quarterback in round one as they own the second pick overall in April's NFL draft. Matt Lodi, Cleveland. Uh, meanwhile, the NFL striking back against a newspaper report claiming flawed concussion research. The New York Times reports the National Football League undercounted concussions to make pro football appear safer than it actually is. The NFL has responded with a lengthy statement accusing the Times of ignoring key facts. The league says the data the newspaper relied on were collected between 1996 and 2001, a time when teams were encouraged but not required to report concussions. The NFL says it knew its numbers were incomplete and claims they were preliminary. It's especially offended by suggestions that it borrowed its public relations strategy on concussions from the Tobacco Institute. Not so, the NFL says. Warren Levinson, New York. All right, well, that's a story that I'm sure is going to be raging on for years. By the way, Matthew Matthew Panashik on the other side of the window tonight. Did you see that concussion movie that came out at Christmas time? I Will have Smith not one? yet. Have you? No, I haven't seen it either. Well, it's supposed to be all right. I wonder, but who, who was it that played Roger Goodell? Uh, what's his name? Oh. Luke Wilson? Yes. Luke Wilson played Roger Goodell and uh, Will Smith, I mean, based on a playing a real guy uh, that uh, that went after the NFL for concussions. That's, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things as sports fans, right? We don't want the athletes to get hurt. We want them to be healthy. But when we watch the games, we want all the hitting. We want all the collisions. So you're going to get concussions. You can't have it both ways as a sports fan. You really can't. 
Well, that's why in football, Reed, I think that's why they got rid of the, they're trying to get rid of the kickoffs for to make sure that the sport is not as dangerous in that aspect of it, right? And now they're moving the, the touchback up to the 25 because yeah. they want even fewer kick returns. You yeah. know who's going to be furious about that? My well. father, Bob Wilkins. This is my dad watching an NFL game. One other, another touchback. Why don't they ever run it back? We kicked it through the end zone again. That's all my dad says the entire NFL season. <laughs> when are we going to kick return? Well, he's gonna, now my, my dad's not going to watch a single game in 2016. He's just going to be even more furious. But, yeah, they're doing the – so now a touchback goes up to the 25. It's a, it's a one-year trial, right? But they'll probably keep it that way. Yep. And no chop blocks anymore. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, fine. Did you hear this uh, flint-flaunt thing? You know what I'm talking about? I missed it. This is great. Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Playoff game last night in uh, Flintflon, taking on Weyburn. Guess the two teams don't like each other. Someone was showing me earlier this season they had a ceremonial, they had a ceremony and a ceremonial face-off. Weyburn wasn't present. So the picture for the ceremonial face-off is just the Flintflon guy with his stick down. Weyburn wasn't even out on the ice for it. So anyway, Flintflon wins a playoff game last night against Weyburn. Okay, so I, I did I did not know that. I don't know how I didn't know this. It's like a twenty year tradition. I guess when they win a game in Flintflon, somebody throws a frozen moose leg on the ice. So first of all, that's a bit of a concern to me. You have a bunch of three legged moose walking around the Flintflon region. But anyway, I digress. So they win the game, somebody throws this on the ice, and a Weyburn player goes and skates it. Or skates over to it, grabs it, and tries to get off the ice with it to, to mess with their tradition. So I guess this one kid's trying to skate off with the fro. There, there's video of it, but I couldn't see the actual moose leg. You see a Weyburn guy go off the bench, and it looks like he's making a beeline for something. So he's skating off with the moose leg, and a flintflon player notices this and skates the length of the ice towards the gate and gets into it, and then it's it's a brawl. Now, is it a brawl of the kind you might have seen in the 1970s? It is not. There were maybe three or four players who were actually fighting. So a frozen moose leg in Flinflon set off a post-game melee. A frozen moose I had no idea this tradition existed. So what's, what's more bizarre to throw on the ice? Uh, a dead octopus or a frozen moose leg? I ask you that. <laughs> uh, so anyway, seven players got suspended. From, from uh, here's here's the thing, Matthew. Can we can we call this Moose Lake Gate? <laughs> sure, that's a great name. We, we, we could call it. I hate the the gate suffix being thrown onto everything. So, but I'm going to use it in this case. It's Moose Lake Gate in Flintflon. <sighs> Remember the who, uh, we had Alan York on from the Greenville Swamp Rabbits a few weeks ago. Remember that in our Living the Dream segment. Alan recently retired. He retired a couple of weeks after we did that segment. He told, "Were you were you working for the carrot story?" So in Greenville, they throw carrots on the ice after a win because they're called the Swamp Rabbits, right? So, but then one there was a particularly nasty game. And after the game, they just pelted the opposition bench with the carrots. So now they have to use frozen carrots instead. Or, no, sorry, they, they don't use real carrots. They use foam carrots. It'd be funny if they use frozen carrots. They use frozen bags of peas. <laughs> I'm going gonna, 
I'm going to start a team named the Jolly Green Giants, and then I'll get the fans to throw frozen bags of peas on the ice after wins. What do you think? I think that's a great. <laughs> that's a great. I don't know if the league would like you or not, Reed, but sounds like a great idea. Did I ever tell you the J.D. Drew story? I think I did tell you that, eh? I don't remember which one. The Philadelphia Phillies. He went back to Philadelphia, and it was battery day in Philadelphia. Oh, that, that's great. Yeah. Anyway, they threw batteries at him. Why so. would they do like? Well, they didn't. Yeah, they the Philly fans threw snowballs and batteries at Santa Claus. Maybe it wasn't batteries. Hey, boot him! I'd love to see like a fan that angry that he has like a, a full car battery that he would throw at a player. What's the largest battery that you could carry <laughs> into an arena? Throw that at somebody. Read it. You know those those soccer games in Europe? They bring some crazy stuff into those games. I don't know how security lets all that stuff in, like fireworks and other stuff. Or, well, I think they allow the flares if they're nuts. safe and in a certain section, but uh, I don't know. Uh, Paul says, that's the most Canadian story I've heard in a long time. Fantastic. Paul goes on to say, I'm calling for Dreisaitl and Hall to have good games tonight. That is from Paul. Paul, I hope you're right. All right, that is a very abbreviated edition of, of Inside Sports. In terms of Inside Sports, we won't be back until Tuesday. We'll have a best-of show on Good Friday tomorrow. You'll hear from Todd McClellan, uh, Ed Hervey, a whole bunch of others on that show. It'll be a really good best-of tomorrow. We've had some great guests in the last few weeks. We have uh, another Oilers hockey game on Saturday when they visit L.A., and we'll have an Oilers game on Monday when they host the Anaheim Ducks. So Inside Sports will be back on Tuesday. Our guest tonight, Kevin Kurz, he covers the San Jose Sharks. You also heard from Oil Kings general manager Randy Hanch. And quickly, Matthew, I'm going to update the Oil Kings score here off the trusty old Internet. Maybe tomorrow I want to settle down Until tomorrow 1-1. Halfway through the first period between the Oil Kings and Brandon. Game one of their best of seven. All right, Bob Stoffer is going to slide in next. We have the Oilers in San Jose. Studio producer tonight, Matthew Panashek. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. This has been Inside Sports on 630. Chad, my name is Reed Wilkins. Talk to you again in a few minutes. Maybe tomorrow I want to settle down Until tomorrow the whole world is my home